0: first of the 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 That have have honest, real, raw, true conversation and prayer with God. You go down into the water, and when you do, the old person dies. You come up out of the water as a new creation of Jesus Christ.
1: Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. Now is a great time to grab your weeklies and head to your seats if you haven't already because the service starts in 90 seconds.
0: I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free.
2: with him grow in your walk with him get closer to him spend more time with him because he's better if you want your life to get better then get around the one who is better get around Jesus get around the one who has power to change and transform your life get around the one who has the perfect grace for you and the perfect love for you and the perfect joy for your soul listen he is better
1: I can't wait to see how God is going to work through today's service. When you're in the service, if you have any questions, comments or prayer requests, please go to churchexperience.tv/connect or pull out your camera app and scan our QR code. Or if you always want to stay connected with us at CE, just hit that subscribe button below. We love to hear from you, get back to you and be praying for you CE family. We are ready to jump into today's service. Would you stand with me as we spend some time worshiping Jesus by singing to Him?
3: Here in your light we find What makes us come alive a sacrifice of praise a city on a hill surrender to your will your glory on display Consuming every space It's uncontainable You're coming like a flood Our hearts are filling up All things are possible All things are possible Awesome in this place Jesus, you are awesome in this place Worthy to be praised You are worthy to be praised. Thank you so much, Jesus. Father, thank you for what you do for us. Thank you for how you're there for us. Lord, that we can speak to you in a prayer and we know that you'll answer. We know that you'll be right there with us. And Father, that you're so loving that you hear every word. You feel every word we feel, Lord, because you know our hearts. We thank you that you love us. We thank you for the sacrifice that you took for us, Lord, that only you could pay. We just thank you. We praise and honor you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Alexander Bublik was a tennis player that recently had a match where he was heavily favored to win. Unfortunately, it did not go his way, and he let out some tremendous frustration at how poorly he had played. Check this clip out, but as you watch it, pay attention to the words of the commentators.
0: Five. Five.
3: The good news is he's got plenty of other rackets.
0: Well, that's going to get the treatment as well. Three, four, okay.
3: Well, this is getting out of hand now.
2: I think that gives us a little indication of where his mindset is at right now think my favorite part of that whole thing is when he smashes the first racket and then the commentator says, well, at least he has some extra rackets, at which point he goes over and smashes the extra rackets too. And we're all watching like, are you kidding me? But this is a bad day for this guy. This is a tremendously bad day. He is so frustrated. He's so discouraged. He's just mad. And perhaps you felt that way in life at times where you were so frustrated you couldn't see straight. Maybe you were angry at yourself, angry at someone else, angry at the situation. Let me ask you a question. What do you do? How do you respond when you get frustrated? What do you do when your expectations are not met? Man, this guy had high expectations. Everybody favored him to win, and he lost. What happens when things don't go your way? What do you do with that? Do you take that pressure out on others? Do you vent it towards others and dump on them? Do you beat up on yourself? Take that frustration out on the inside. What do you do when your expectations are not met? Well, today we're going to talk about a healthy way to handle those challenges that come into all of our lives. Maybe some that you're sitting in today as you hear this message. Maybe there's some areas in your life that are creating some tension. What do we do with those things? And ultimately, the answer is to bring them to the Lord. Bring them to the Lord. So that's where we're going today, and we're going to be in Matthew Chapter 20 of God's Word's got some great answers for us. It's a story, powerful story, about how Jesus helped some people who had some significant challenges in their life. Matthew chapter 20, let's pick up the story in verse 29. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, Have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and he called them. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they answered, we want our sight. We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them. He touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Imagine what's happening here. Jesus is walking through this crowd and here Jesus is the miracle worker, the healer, the one who brings answers drenched in divine wisdom. He brings dead things back to life again and here he is right there among them. And this whole crowd is surrounding Jesus, yet as far as we know it, only these two people cry out for help. And what I see in that is that almost all of these people missed out on an incredible opportunity an opportunity to have their life forever changed. Now, two people took advantage of this. Two people that had a tremendous need, they cried out for help, they cried out for answers, and what happened? Jesus healed them. When when he came walking into their life, they could not see. They were literally blind, and what happened? Jesus healed them so that they could see again. Yet most people missed out on this amazing opportunity to be healed, to be given insight, to get an answer that they needed, to find encouragement and strength. I mean, they they watched him. They watched him just pass by. He was right there in their midst. It was a missed opportunity of a lifetime for the majority of the people there. How many needs would have been represented in that crowd? How many needs, and maybe they were not all as dramatic as being blind and needed to have their sight restored, but how many needs would have been represented? You know, family issues, financial pressures, tensions in their life mental problems that are are just discouraging them and disappointing them, things that they can't figure out. I mean, just imagine how many issues, how many problems were represented in this crowd, and yet Jesus was available to all of them. He was there. He passed by, and he was among the crowd. And think about it. Jesus, that same healer, is among us. He's here with us. He's a healer now, a marriage restorer today, an addiction breaker this month, a hope giver this year, a forgiver in this moment. And if anyone cries out to him, Jesus provides answers. Jesus provides truth. Jesus provides healing. And yet most people miss out. We take our frustration and we vent it towards others. We direct it towards ourselves. But instead, we, we should take it to the one who has the power and the ability to help us work through and solve the tensions in our life. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, I want to put it up here in the CSB translation. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, and be persistent in prayer. Be persistent in prayer. I love that statement, be persistent in prayer. I want to talk to you today about being persistent. In fact, I've titled this message, Persistent Prayer Changes Things. Because it does, persistent prayer, when we cry out to God in our need, just like these two blind men in the crowd, when we cry out, we see God answer, we see God move, I'm telling you, it happens every day, every week, every month, every year. It's happening all around the world. God's people are crying out to him and he's answering. Why not let that be you? Why not let God answer the prayers in your life as you cry out to him for help? And I think many of us do pray, and maybe, maybe that's part of the issue is we think we pray, and, and we think we bring our requests before God, but yet we're not crying out in the same way that these two blind men were. See, the, the, see they were crying out with, I think, a different level of desperation that you and I bring our prayers before God. You know, many of us, we have our routine prayers and we have our rhythms and we kind of pray and, and these sorts of things, and certainly we pray in public gatherings and before meals and maybe before bedtime, but but there's a different level of desperation that comes when you have a need that you know you cannot solve. And some of us are still trying to solve our, our own problems and we're trying to fix our own messes without asking God for help. It doesn't mean that he won't have a role for you to play in it and maybe you'll be instrumental in fixing the problem. But coming to God out of desperation and saying, God, I cannot do this in my own power. I'm desperate for you. I need you. And we come before him in prayer and fasting. It's amazing how the floodgates of heaven open and God's wisdom, and God's power flood into our lives. And what if we could recapture the desperation of persistent prayer? What could God do? What could God do in our families? What could God do in our cities? What could God do in our generation if we recapture the passion of prayer that these two men had? They cried out to God and they said, they said Jesus, please heal us. You're our only hope. If we're ever to see again, we know that the doctors haven't been able to help us. We know that we can't help ourselves, but Jesus, we know that you can. You're a healer and we believe. And what did he do? Jesus broke into their reality and he changed it. He changed their reality. How many of us today would love to see Jesus break into our reality and change some things, some things that are broken, some things that we can't fix in our own power? Jesus is able to do this like no one else, and and persistent prayer changes things. And what if we we move from passive prayer to persistent prayer? I just just wonder what, what, what it would look like in our lives to see heaven open and answer these prayers to see God really break through in our our families and our lives. You know, some chase Jesus and they they do get to see these answers when they chase him. They they get to see God break through in their lives and and do the miraculous. But I think that most people silently suffer. I really do. I think most people silently suffer. And and sometimes we do eventually cry out, but it's not until we've suffered for a really long time. (laughs) It's kind of like, if you ever been on a turnpike, maybe a toll road and and you got on and, and you pull up to the station and you got that little ticket? and you put in your visor and you're driving down the road and and you know that eventually you're going to have to pay, right? But the thing is, every exit has an opportunity to get off the turnpike, right? It has an off-ramp to the toll road and and if you get off at that exit, then you'll give them the ticket and you'll pay the $5, the $7. But the longer you go on that turnpike, the the further you drive on that toll road, whenever you do eventually have to pay, the bill is going to be higher based on how far that you drove, right? And, And the further... You go in life, the longer distance you drive without crying out to God for help, the more that you're going to pay. Because right, some of us are still under the illusion that we can fix it. We can take care of the problem. We can solve it. We can get out of that sin. We can fix the mess and clean it up. We can, we can change things in our own power. And so we're still driving. We got, we got a firm grasp on that steering wheel. We're like, hey, God, I got this. If I need help, I'll let you know. But I think I got this. I can figure it out. And we keep trying and we're driving. And man, things are shaky and rattling around and we hear that noise in the engine. And it's, it's not going well, right? But we think that if we just try harder If we just give it a little bit more time, but here's here's the reality. The longer you drive alone without crying out to God and saying, God, I desperately need you, I need you in this situation, the, the more we're gonna pay for it. The more consequences, the more that we delay and miss out on opportunities, the less peace, the less joy, the less hope, the less love, all the things that God wants to bring into your reality. See, silence is a barrier between where you are and where you want to be. That's what I'm trying to say is silence is a barrier from where you are to where you want to be. And this keeps so many of us from crying out to God. It's just, we suffer in silence. And and this story just captures me. We're gonna read some more of it here in just a moment, but this story captures my attention because there was a whole crowd, that said, around Jesus. How many needs were represented in that crowd? Yeah, most of them suffered in silence. There's things they could have said, Jesus, please, I need your help. Jesus, just a moment. Jesus, just a moment. Jesus, could you help me in this situation? But two people, they knew, their desperation and they expressed it in a cry to Jesus for help and he answered they went public with their need they went public with their need and i want to emphasize this because i think one of the reasons why sometimes we suffer in silence is because we're embarrassed or afraid to go public or we don't know how to go public or who to go public to but these men they got to the point where they didn't care anymore healing was more important than protecting right healing was more important than protecting their reputation what other people thought about them healing ultimate healing and life to them vision so they could see again, so they could run forward and, and see all that God would want to do in their life, that became more important to them than the fear and insecurity. Any, any any sense of what this is going to mean in my reputation, it was like, you know what I really want? I just want Jesus. You know, what do you want the most? Do you, do you want healing? Do you want the help that you need? Are you willing to go public and say, Jesus, I need you? I need you, and, and to reach out to others and lock arms with them and say, hey, I need your help. I, I need your help. I need wisdom. Hey, pray with me. Pray for me. Let's cry out to God together to see help and to, to see a solution. You know, suffering in silence, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult because there's, there's pain in it, but nobody else knows that pain really other than you. Now, the reality is that God knows that pain too. You're not really alone, but you feel alone and, and you suffer in silence. I was downtown earlier this week. I'll share a little bit about this here in a moment. But I was uh, assigned to jury duty. And so I was downtown earlier this week in Clearwater. And they gave us a short little lunch break. And so there's a 7-Eleven right there. So I went there to grab some food. And and while I was there, uh, I noticed that they're playing really loud classical music outside 7-Eleven. I mean, it was just blasting this classical music, not what you'd imagine in an urban gas station, right, to have classical music playing. And I asked the attendant inside, like, hey, what's up with this? And apparently it's a thing, like, around the country that different stores, 7-Elevens especially, are playing loud classical music to keep people from loitering around the gas station, to keep them from sleeping there, from hanging out there when they shouldn't be there. It, It really impacts they're customers that are coming in to purchase things. And so they started playing this loud music because they realized when something's loud enough, you can't ignore it. You can't sleep there when that kind of music is loud enough, right? You can't just stand there and hang out and carry on with the conversation when the music is loud enough. When something is loud enough, you can't ignore it. And, and these guys, they're being silenced by the crowd. The crowd is saying, hey, stop shouting at Jesus. Stop voicing your need. Just be content to live like you are. Don't change anything. They're arguing for the status quo. Just leave things as they are. And these two guys are saying, listen, we are so desperate. We have such a big need that we can't solve. And Jesus is right here. He's available. He's a healer. He wants to bring power into our lives. We're just going to shout all the louder. And so they raised their volume to where they couldn't be ignored. They raised their voices to where they could not be ignored. And I just think it would be amazing if we saw some Christians in the culture that we live in start to raise their voice, not shouting at people, but shouting to Jesus, raising our voice in persistent prayer, raising our voice in culture in a grace-filled way, telling people the love of God, sharing the gospel, not hiding in corners because we know that pop culture is against some of the values and the things that we believe in, but boldly, courageously, and with love, in an appropriate way, voicing what it is that we believe. This is what our our world needs. Our world needs truth. Our world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. And through persistent prayer, we can raise our voices to the heavens and say, Jesus, we need you now. That's what these two men did, and they found the answers that they were looking for through persistence, through crying out, through finding Jesus' power that changed their lives. Don't don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. And when people come in your life with, with good intentions and they try to temper your passion for the Lord, trying to keep things the way they are, just like these these two guys, they wanted to silence them. They say, hey, just take it easy. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody's doing it. When, when these sorts of things start happening, look, look you might, you might just have to, to raise your voice. You might, you might just have to, to elevate your passion even a little bit more right? because it's hard. It's hard when everybody just wants things to stay the way that they are. They want to stay in their comfort. They don't want to move forward. I went out on a walk, as I often do around our our neighborhood and around the extended area around our our home. And and, and I love to go out on a prayer walk and get a little exercise. And, And while I was walking near this pond by our house, there's a sidewalk that goes around it. And I was walking on the sidewalk I've been on many times, but this time something was different. I look out toward the water, and there is a massive alligator. This is not the first time I've seen one, but this is a big one. And he was not only close to me by the water, but he was facing me. He was facing the sidewalk as if he was saying, I'm just waiting for lunch to stroll on by. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to be his lunch today. So so I got off the sidewalk and I walked away from the sidewalk in the grass, like away further, further away I could from the pond because I didn't want to be close to this gator that's looking at me like I'm a piece of meat that he's ready to tear into, right? So so I, I'm going around this bush and I'm kind of keeping my peripheral vision, the eye on this gator. I'm going around this bush and, and before I get around the edge of it, I just have this thought of like, what if that thing just took off when he was out of sight and, he, and he's headed my way. So, so I'm just cautiously going around this bush, like keeping a close eye. I get on the other side of the bush and I see a guy there on a riding lawnmower and he's just sitting there in the grass on his phone and I know instantly what happened. This is the guy that's responsible to mow around this pond. His boss sends him out to mow. He's out there doing his job. He gets to the point where I got, where he sees this massive alligator, and he's like, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm done for the day. <laughs> I am not mowing. I don't care how long that grass is. I am not mowing anywhere near that alligator. So he just pumps the brakes, pulls up his phone. He's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out. So as I, so I see this whole thing, and I, I walk around the bush, and I say, hey, man, that's a big gator, huh? <laughs> and he just looks up at his phone. And he's, like, he's like, yeah, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. And why not? Because he saw this. He saw a gator. Now, this is not the gator that he saw in this picture, but you can see why he didn't want to move forward, right? He saw the teeth. (laughs) He saw what concerned him, and so he said, you know what, I'm going to retreat into safety and stay right here, which was wise, (laughs) which was a good move on his part. There's so many people in our lives that have that posture when it comes to their faith and moving forward. It's, It's so much easier to stay here in my comfort to sit here in my comfort, and when somebody steps out and says, I'm moving forward, even though it seems like there's danger, even though it seems like it's uncomfortable, even though there might be people in the culture that speak up against me, I'm going to move forward in my faith. I'm going to live my convictions. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to shout all the louder toward him, not at others, but I'm going to shout louder towards Jesus, like these two blind men, and we start standing out. What happens is people that are sitting in their comfort, that I'm not going anywhere, they start to feel convicted. They start to feel uncomfortable. And what will happen is they will react by saying, hey, just just calm down. You don't need to live all out for Jesus. You know, just, just, just fit in. Get in and fit in. But what I love about these two guys is they were willing to stand out from the crowd, whatever it takes. I just want to get to Jesus. I just want healing in my life. I just want to experience his power in my life and in my family. Do you have that level of conviction that you're willing to stand out, raise your voice, pursue Jesus with everything that you have? You know, when you decide to, to change, you're fighting other people's expectations. You're fighting human nature. You're fighting your own systems in life. They say that your life is perfectly designed to get, this, to get the results that you are getting now. Your life is perfectly designed to get the results you're getting now. So in other words, when you look at your life and you survey your circumstances and your frustrations, you're experiencing the result of, and many times, how you're living, the choices that you're making. Now, of course, other people's, Choices can impact our life, and there's circumstances far beyond our control, but in general, we're experiencing the fruit of, of how we're living. So to change things, we're fighting others' expectations, we're, we're fighting the own, our own systems in our life, and change is difficult, right? I heard someone say once that, that, that not all change is an improvement, but all improvement requires change, and it's hard to change. It's uncomfortable to change. I heard someone else say that the only person that likes change is is a baby with a dirty diaper. (laughs) It's the only person that likes change. We we don't want to change. We're just just too comfortable. I'm going to sit here. I'm not going anywhere. But Jesus, the reason why he heals these two people in part is because they had faith to stand out in the crowd and say, hey, I'm ready for change. I'm desperate enough for change. I'm going to specifically ask you for what I need. And praying louder than our problems, that's exactly what we need. And I put that in a point here and I hope you'll write it down. Pray louder than your problems because that's what we need. We need to, we need to cry out, pray bigger than our problems. Pray longer than our problems. Just outlast them in prayer, Wh- whatever it is. like is. I'm just gonna pray bigger. It's a big problem and this is what's in my way. It's, it's causing me to be terrified. I'm discouraged, whatever. But I'm just gonna pray louder. I'm gonna pray bigger than this, this problem in my life. Are you willing to be persistent in prayer, to press through the problem, to cry out to God in prayer so you can experience the victory? Matthew chapter 20, verse 32, again, it says Jesus stopped and he, and he called him, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Now, I just wanna pause on this for a second because it's kind of interesting that this is included in here because what, a, what an obvious question, right? I mean, what is it that you want? Well, these guys are blind and they're crying out for healing. Of course, they want to be healed. So Jesus already knew that when he asked and he's God, so he knows all things, but he already knew that. And everybody around them knew what the problem was. They knew that these guys didn't have their sight. Perhaps they would sit there often along this road begging for money because they probably couldn't work, you know, and and that culture at that time, they, they probably couldn't work at least like others could to earn the same kind of income. And so a lot of times people who had disabilities or they were crippled, they would have to beg and rely on others' generosity to survive. But people knew, one way or the other, they knew the problem that these guys had. Yet Jesus asked them to identify what it is that they wanted. And some of us don't pray because we say things like, well, God already knows. God already knows. But even though God does already know, and listen, other people in your life know too. We talk about going public with our needs and being willing to come out of our comfort and identify the, the challenges. Listen, other people in your life already know what the problems are too. They might not know the specifics of your issues, but they know when there's issues. It's, it's obvious. Y- your life declares the outside declares what's going on, on the inside, the issues. You can just see it. It's obvious when there's issues going on in our life. And, and yet we, we suffer in silence and we, we don't voice them. We don't voice them to God. We don't voice them to others. And so we don't find the healing that we need. And, and these, these guys, they, they cry out to Jesus and they say, Jesus, here's what we need. We want our sight. They're very specific. And Jesus wants you to be specific with what it is you need. We're, we're talking about being persistent in prayer. Listen, it's not enough just to generally cry out to God. That's better than suffering in silence and not saying anything. But Jesus asked them the same thing he's asking you today. What is it you want? What is it you want? What is your need? What is your dream? What is your passion? What is it that you need God's help with? What is it? What is it? Jesus asked them this this very pointed question. What is it that you want? It's not the only time that he does it throughout the gospels. You see him do this multiple times with people. He asked them to identify their need. And I think there's probably a few reasons for this. One is it's humbling. You have to humble yourself before God to identify your need. You have to look your need in the face. You have to identify what it is. Recognize that you cannot fix it on your own. I need help. The first step to, to getting help is say, I have a problem. I can't solve it on my own. That's the first step in getting the help that you need. But beyond that, not only do we look face to face with the issue and identify it, but we we move towards dependence on God and away from independence. Our culture teaches us independence. Do your own thing, be your own person. You don't need anybody else. Be self-sufficient, self-sustaining, all these sorts of things. But in our spiritual life, we're to live the exact opposite way. We lean on God and depend on his power. We operate in his strength. We follow his laws, his ways. We stay close to him, connected to him. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and, and the culture around us is to, to detach from any reliance or dependence on another. And God says, stay attached to me because that's where the power is. That's where the strength is. And so here in this story, Jesus is, is, is asking them to identify their need so that they can, in part, when we ask God for what it is we need, we're acknowledging that we need help. We're becoming more dependent. I think a third thing that, that happens when we express specifically what it is that we need is that God gets greater glory, right? When you when you pray these broad, general pl- prayers, how do you know if God answered your prayer? But when you pray very specific things, like, God, we need your help. God, he, here's, here's what we're asking of you. When you see those answers, I could just tell you stories and stories. Where, when you pray specific things, and you see specific answers. The worship that wells up with inside you because you've seen God move. You've seen God move in your life. It's just a powerful and a beautiful thing. When we get specific in prayer, it's amazing how heaven opens its resources and along with your mental capacities, things align and issues are solved. But we have to identify what the need is. It's kind of like walking through a grocery store when you're hungry. It's a terrible idea because everything looks good <laughs> or nothing looks good, right? Sometimes you're just not sure. I don't, I don't know what to pick. Like I'm just hungry. Or maybe you at a restaurant, they have pictures on the menu. Isn't that the worst, when they put the pictures on there? Because they take these amazing, elaborate pictures, right? And everything looks good. Like, everything looks amazing. Right? We have to identify what it is that we need before our souls can be fed, before things can start to change, before God can bring the answers. It's not that he can't, but oftentimes he won't until we have identified what it is that we want. And Jesus, before he heals them, before he heals them, he says, what, it is, what is it that you need? And here's the, here's the question, have I clarified my need? Have you? Have you clarified your need? Specifically ask God for what it is that you need. Sometimes in clarifying the need, we find answers. Sometimes in in clarifying what the problem is, we discover what some of the issues are that are underneath our problems. And so God has so many reasons for us to clarify our need, but when we ask him for specific things, God moves and God answers. He doesn't always answer the way that that we want. You know, some of my my close friends and family, they know that I love inspiring environments. Looking out at the water, being in beautiful places, I, I love that. I love living here in Florida. We're surrounded by some of God's best creation. But but I'm, I'm not so much really a foodie. Like if I go out to eat, I'm not someone who's like going to find like the place that's got the, the best meal. I mean, I want to eat good food. That's fine. But, but I, I go to the place that has the best view. I, I want to look at something beautiful. I want to be outdoors or I want to be somewhere that's just got an inspiring vibe to the atmosphere. And so that's kind of like my thing. And so if I'm ever in charge of finding a place to eat for a group or a family, I, I want to go find the place that's got the best view. And, and this happened one time a while back. We were, we were going to this specific restaurant, and, and I kind of scoped the place out, and we had a little group, and there's a half a dozen of us, and, and I was in charge of getting us a, a seat. And so I, I found a couple of tables over in one part of the restaurant that I thought were like a great ambiance. I'm like, oh, this would be great. It's kind of right in the middle of the restaurant. There's stuff going on. It's just a great spot. And so I, I went to the hostess, and in just a real kind way, as kind as I could, I said, hey, I, you know, I don't want to be a burden or anything, but if I saw a couple of tables over here, if those are available, we'd love to sit at one of those two tables. And I said this a couple times as we, in the course of our conversation in different ways. Is that all right if we can kind of sit over there? Is that okay with you? And, and, and so I didn't get much of a response. We had a great interaction. It was fine. And, and then they start taking us to the table. I thought for sure, because I was so clear, I thought, I thought we we're going to go to these specific tables. So we start walking over there to this part of the restaurant. And, and instead of walking to those tables, we walk right past them. I was like, oh, bummer. I thought I picked out the perfect spot for our party. And they walked us past these tables and walked us over to kind of like the corner of this restaurant in a little outdoor area. And, and it was fine, it was great. And so we sat down, it was fine. And, and, and I, I, in the first moment when I sat down, I was a little bummed. I was like, oh man, I thought I picked out the perfect spot for our crew. But then, then as I looked up from where they had seated us, there was an angle that you couldn't see in these other places, an angle of water that was right across the street, right down the way, a beautiful view of the water. And we wouldn't have seen it there. They'd actually taken us somewhere better, but I was disappointed. I was a little disappointed because I had planned this whole thing out. It was something that was important to me. It was not important for life. It was important in that moment. And so I was a little disappointed, but I found out that there's actually something better. And and sometimes when we ask God for something with specificity, we have this idea of like how it should go down. Exactly, we're saying, God, please, could, could you solve my problem in this way? And the amazing thing about God is that he does answer us but he does not always answer us in the way that we think is best. He answers us in the way that is best, is best for us, is best for his kingdom, is best for bringing him glory. And sometimes we will not see it in the moment and sometimes we will not see it for the entirety of our lifetime. But we can trust that God in his goodness, when we ask him for specific things, that he will answer us. And if he does not take us to the table that we have prepared, he will take us to a banquet table that's much better than what we can imagine. And ultimately in heaven, God's best is yet to come for us. So even if the challenges in our life, things don't change, you pray for healing, the healing doesn't come here what you know is you have ultimate healing in heaven right you pray for provision here you don't see the answers that you specifically wanted but you inherit the kingdom of God in heaven for all of eternity where you have everything that you will ever need see God is good at taking care of his kids and we have to trust that when we ask for for specific things but he does want us to clarify our needs someone might say well I have a financial problem And what you're specifically asking for is for more dollars in your bank account. But God is good to us that sometimes he does not give us exactly what we ask for in that moment. Sometimes he gives us courage or the work ethic to get a higher paying job or self-control to be better at spending or in some cases not spending the money that he's already provided so that there is more money in the bank account. See, God will answer your prayer as you ask specifically, but sometimes it's not until you get specific about the need that you can get clarity around the answers. Immediately, Jesus can help you now. I, I love that about this story. I, I love that about this story because look look at what happens here in this final verse. Jesus He says that he's gonna heal them and and he does. Verse 34, he has compassion on them. He touched their eyes and immediately they receive their sight and they follow him. Immediately, immediately they receive their sight and they follow him. What an amazing thing that God didn't delay the answer. He brought it in that moment. And and I I wish that Jesus would always answer my prayers right in that moment when I asked. Don't you wish that? Wouldn't that be amazing? There's many reasons why he doesn't, because if he did, right, he would turn into a, a vending machine. It's just we press the right button and we get exactly what we want. And, and in his wisdom, he doesn't spoil us. You know, you heard of the phrase spoiling a child rotten, give them everything they want, it turned out bad, right? Same is true for us spiritually. Like if he gave us everything we want in that moment, he'd spoil us. We'd become entitled. And there's all kinds of things that would go wrong. But, but God in his, his infinite wisdom, he knows the right time, the perfect time. And sometimes it's not now, is the answer, not now, but it's, it's not never, it's, it's just not yet. But the amazing thing about God is that, that he can answer immediately. And sometimes we forget this and we qualify all of our prayer requests. Well, God, in your timing, and I understand, and not right now, and we, we almost kind of excuse ourselves out of faith that God could heal us right now in this moment, that he could bring an answer, that he could bring provision, that he could give wisdom, that he could open a door of opportunity, that he can reconcile it or bring new life. I mean, we we just kind of excuse ourselves out of faith in the impossible because we don't wanna be set up for a letdown. But here's the thing, God's not gonna let us down in the end. God's gonna far exceed all of our expectations. But in this moment, if I can be okay with whatever way God goes with this, then I'm freed up to ask God courageously to answer now. And these guys were saying, God, can you heal us right now? Give us sight. And the amazing thing is in that moment, he lays his hands on them and immediately, I love that, immediately they receive their sight. They can see again. And Jesus has the power to do that in our lives, to bring healing immediately. But I know many of us have been waiting and and we're waiting in our frustration. We're we're waiting for things to change. And sometimes we can get our feelings hurt so much and have so many letdowns in life that we start to lose our faith. We start to lose our faith that God could immediately bring healing and do powerful things in our life. And, and, and I want to encourage us today to, to raise our level of faith, to start to see again, like these blind men started to see again, see God and who he is and his power, how amazing he is. I mean, Jesus has, has unlimited power and resources available to solve the, the frustrations in our life, to give us wisdom and give us peace and, and change our perspective. But sometimes we, we lose faith because we've been waiting so long. We've been waiting in frustration so long. So I mentioned jury duty earlier in the message. And this last week, I got called down to the Pinellas County Courthouse to potentially serve as a juror. And when I showed up, I was given a number. And, and they no longer referenced us by our first and last name. They would call us by our number. Mine was juror number 1020. And we're waiting there in this lobby for our number to be called. And it ended up that we were waiting for hours and hours. In fact, while we were waiting, a fire alarm went off and they had to evacuate the entire building. So, so we all are outside waiting to be called right back into the building so that we can wait further for our number to be called. And it just seems like every number around my number was called 1019. 1019- 1022. And every time they start to say a number, I think, oh, this is going to be me. They're going to call me in. Nope. they they never called me. And I'm just waiting, waiting. Eventually towards the end of the day, I got the picture. I'm not going to be called in. It's most likely, it could happen, but it's most likely I'm not going to be called. So I got comfortable, right? I started getting some things done. You know, I'm waiting around. I'm making some phone calls. I'm just, I'm waiting, but I no longer think that I'm actually going to be called in. Finally, they did dismiss us late in the day and And we went down the elevator, a group of us, and someone's comment as we get to the bottom really quickly in this elevator, man, that was the fastest thing that happened all day, right in the elevator. Because it was a slow day, a day of waiting, a day of, I don't know if my number's ever going to be called. And some of us, we've almost given up on our faith because we're not sure they're ever going to call our number. Right? We're not sure that God is ever going to to call our number. Like, God, do you hear me? I've been I've been praying. I've been waiting. I've been living in frustration, and we're not sure he's ever going to call. And so because it's, it's taking some time, because we've been living with this thing for a long time, because you've been struggling through it, because it's always been that way, you start to lose faith. You start to give up. And today I'm hoping that some of our our faith could just be revived and we can start to see again, just like the blind man could see again, that we can start to see God for who he is, the miracle worker, the healer, the one that can break into your frustration and your situation and change things today. Even today, God immediately healed them and God can bring his power at work in your life today in a fresh way, in a new way. Do you believe? Do you believe that God can change things? Because here's the final lesson today. When I don't believe things can change, they usually won't. When I don't believe things can actually change, then usually they won't. So do you believe? That's really the question I'm getting at today. We talk about persistent prayer. Do you believe that Jesus can change things? Because if you don't believe that Jesus can change things in your life, you're probably not going to cry out. You're probably not going to shout louder when everyone else is saying, hey, don't worry about it. Just get used to it. Just live with it. That's the way things are. But you start to shout louder when you believe Jesus can change things. When you believe Jesus can break through. He can change that person in your life. He can change your heart. He can change your situation. Just cry out a little bit louder today say jesus i believe with persistence in prayer through god's power we depend on him do you believe do you believe he could change Now i believe he could change the same god that raised jesus from the dead has the power to resurrect the dead things in your life you might feel like your heart is dead today your spiritual life is dead you're just getting by and surviving listen god wants to bring a revival inside of you today if you'll just believe if you'll just say, yes, Jesus, in persistent prayer, cry out to God. He is wanting to answer. He is wanting to bring his power. But like these blind men that stepped out from the crowd, you have, to, you have to pray a little louder. Pray louder than your problems. You have to clarify the need. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus can heal? My hope is that you look up to the heavens this week and just say, Jesus, I, I believe again. I believe. I'm going to trust you in faith. I'm going to believe. And you, instead of living with frustration and letting it out on others or beating yourself up with it, Turn it over to God and say, God, here's my frustration. Don't, don't don't, bang the racket on the ground over and over again because you're not getting what you want. Just surrender to the Lord and say, God, I trust you. I trust you to bring your best in my life and your timing. Your God, your best is yet to come. And so I trust you. I surrender to you. I cry out to you today. Is that your heart? We want willing to surrender it to the Lord today and cry out to him in prayer. You know, Jesus, he had so many experiences like this where he healed people's eyes. He, he healed those who couldn't walk, made them walk again. He did so many miracles while he lived here on earth, but healing people physically was not his number one goal in coming to earth. He did that so that we would know his power and know who he was. He did care about people and want to solve their problems, but ultimately he wanted us to know the love of God. So he came to the earth, not just so that we could live a better life, but he came to give his life so that we could experience eternal life when we believe in him. When Jesus stretched out his arms on that Roman cross to die for you and to die for me, He he did it to pay the penalty that you and I owed for all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our disbelief, and all of the the pain that we have caused in this world. He said, I will forgive you if you'll look to me and turn your life over to me, if you'll ultimately surrender to me. It's really an act of faith. It's really an act of faith as we look to him and say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me, receive you into my life. And it tells us in John chapter one, verse 12, to all those who believed in him, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God, adopted into the family of a king. Can you imagine the goodness of God, the grace of God, And when it comes down to it, faith is all about trusting in the Lord. And so do you trust him today? Do you trust him not only for your salvation, but do you trust him with your frustrations? Say, God, I'm not gonna live with this any longer. I'm gonna turn it over to you. And whether you choose to give me strength and perspective to see it differently and to live through it, or you choose to change it, I trust in you, I trust in your goodness. I'm gonna follow you with everything I've got. My hope and my prayer is that you will persistently cry out to God and see his divine power come into your life in a fresh way. Right on, right on. Let's pray. Jesus, we do depend on you. We, we come before you today in humility, knowing that, God, there's, there's things in our life that we just can't move. But God, in faith, those mountains can move. God, those victories can come. Those triumphs can come as, as we trust in you and cry out to you. And so, God, that's what we're asking for today. On behalf of those we care about and love, God, for the needs represented in our lives, we bring them before you and we ask, God, just like these two blind men that cried out, God, we're asking for your power. We're asking for your healing. We're asking God for breakthrough in our life and we're trusting, God, that you can do it. Father, help us to grow in our faith in this season that we're in and whatever it is that we're going through in the middle of. Lord, I just pray that you'd cause our faith to increase, our dependence on you, our trust in you, believing, Jesus, that you have the power to change, to heal and restore like only you can do. We love you so much, Jesus, and we thank you for who you are and what you mean to us today. It's in Jesus' powerful name we pray.
0: Before our usher team comes forward to receive our tithes and offerings and response cards, here's a few important things happening with our CE family. We believe serving is a catalyst for your personal growth and an opportunity to live an impactful life for God. If you're looking to make a more significant impact, consider serving with CE. Wherever you are, whatever your skill set you have, we have a place for you. Check the serving team's bubble on the back of your response card and drop it in the offering bucket as it passes by. As our ushers come forward to collect our response cards and receive our tithes and offerings, God's Word shares many amazing stories about the full-on commitment and irrational generosity of the New Testament Church. Extreme generosity is a form of sacrificial worship to the One that gave us everything through Jesus and it can create a tidal wave of more lives transformed through God's church. Would you consider making a financial investment back into His church so more people can experience the irrational and extreme love of God through His Son, Jesus? Thank you for your generous giving to God through CE. Thank you for being on mission with us to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
1: I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing her life All my failures I've tried today's impacting service. You may have personally made a commitment during the service, and if you did, please reach out to us. Also, if you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, go to churchexperience.tv connect or scan the QR code on the screen. I personally love to stay connected by staying up to date on the CE social media, Instagram, Facebook, website, or app. It's been great to share another special service with our CE family. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great week!